On today's Patriot Nation podcast, we have Dane Brugler of The Athletic on. Uh, Dane's a great guest. He gives us a nice in-depth look at a lot of draft prospects that the Patriots could be looking at. We take a look at 23, some possible trade-back, trade-up scenarios, and then some guys that they might be looking for in you know each round. One through seven certain positions that might make sense for the Patriots and, and them going forward. It's a heck of a conversation, so as Pat says, buckle up and cue the music. Stack receivers, two to the right. Russell Wilson extends the hands he has. Pass. Wilson, quick throw. And it's intercepted. Bags, we are back. It is a special Tuesday edition. We wanted to have you do the intro there, and you and you kind of killed it. I mean, my job might be uh, might be on the line here. Yeah, I I think I stole your job, and it was if you noticed, I threw the glasses on about thirty seconds before I said, you know what, I'll take it. Looks like you had too much candy today. Obviously, uh, we're recording Sunday on Easter, so yeah. happy Easter to everybody out there. But yeah, I don't know. I think I might have to take this going forward. Hey man, it was good. It was good. One take too. One take guy <laughs> over here, man, killing it. So it was fun. But uh, you know, I, I was we were saying uh off air. Um we thought we were on air, but we were actually off air. We uh yeah. we recorded a heck of a show last week. And uh, you know, I'm still kind of floating on that one, man. Lenny was just uh was just great and and a peek behind the curtain was was pretty interesting, you know. Yeah, for sure. I mean, like I said, we we've had the opportunity to talk to a lot of you know Current players, obviously the Sonny Michelle one, Matt Light, dating back to last year's around last year's Super Bowl, and then just the, the great people around the media, whether it's Patriots, National, uh, people who cover the draft. We had never really got that, you know, that aspect of like the comedian or the funny guy that comes on and kind of knows a little bit of everything, gets the behind the scenes look into the locker room. I mean, he knew Bill Belichick and Tom Brady on speed dial, as he said. So anytime you can dive into some stories about that and hear a little bit more about their personality and what they're like off the field. I think it's pretty unique. I, I had a blast. I mean, I was dying laughing. I've obviously been a fan of Lenny since Fever Pitch came out when I watched that when I was like seven years old, and he's in the beginning of that. Um, and then obviously watching him through the ranks and the comedian stuff. Uh, it was it was cool. It was one of the best experiences, honestly. Yeah, that no, was fun. So if you haven't gotten a chance to listen to that, go back, uh, download our last episode from Friday. I thought it was, I thought it was crazy. Like you know, and obviously off topic, and people who've heard it like. That story about Randy Moss just calling him out. He said, I've been up here for 17 games. I'm so proud of you guys. No one's been arrested 17 straight days. And he looks at Randy and calls him out for getting in trouble that week with something. Yeah. Uh, and he said, Randy Moss looked at him with a murder look and then started geeking out with that big smile. His. So I thought that, yeah. that was awesome. There's so many good ones, man. I couldn't get oh. over the Steve Martin story. It was I was like, oh my god, yeah, man, unbelievable. So, it's uh, it's it's worth it's definitely worth the listen. So if you haven't heard it, go back to Friday and uh, and listen to Patriot Nation podcast 71. That's with Lenny. But but for this one, we have Dane Brugler coming on. He's a fantastic guest as well. He uh, writes for the Athletic. He is the draft guy for the Athletic. Oh yeah, like, for sure. You know, 100 percent the draft guy for the Athletic. He has a draft guide 
I was just going to say everything. It's he, unbelievable. He talked about that, and I and I went up and looked it out. And obviously, you have the athletic now too. It is awesome mm-hmm. that draft guide. I mean, everything you need to know what their injuries were, when all the accolades. Literally, an in depth look about you know, I'd say two paragraphs a guy. It's it's super knowledgeable where their best fits are. Um, that's right. as legit as you can get. Obviously, if you can subscribe to the athletic, I would. I think it's a great site and. Some great writers over there, but obviously a plug for him, but I checked that out. It looks great. Yeah, no, it's, it's really good. And, and he did not, I'll tell you what, as far as knowledgeable wise, he did not disappoint. He no. ha- is you know, really in-depth knowledge on a lot of different guys and, you know, talking about specific fits and specific things they do well and don't do well. And so, uh, so it's a really, really good conversation. So we have that today. We, we're going to do a full first-round mock draft on Friday, um, and then that'll be our last show before the first round uh, kicks off. So we figured we'd do two this week since the draft is next week, and then we'll be we'll be back, uh, I assume, doing some instant reactions again, we hope, uh, and then we'll certainly have a show on Friday after the first round concludes uh, next Friday morning. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it's been a it's been a long couple of weeks, obviously, with everything going on, and to hear them sure still have. doing the draft is just it's a light at the end yeah. of the tunnel. <laughs> it's Agreed. something to look forward 100%. to. I mean, we were looking forward to it all the time, but now with really nothing the last. I mean, we're watching Tiger Woods today. Right, the, the Masters run that was the best, most adrenaline I've gotten in a long time, and I knew it was yeah. going to happen. Yep. Yeah. So, and that's the thing. I mean, you know, you they also aired Super Bowl Forty Two, which I thought was just was yeah, just I didn't rude watch on Easter Sunday, brutal. So, but I did not, I did not tune in for that one. Uh, I know a few guys did. Um, I think Trags was, uh, was it Trags? No, it wasn't Trags. Someone was, uh, was live. Like all, I think. Oh, like that's it. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. Bro, no thanks. <laughs> so, yeah. um, but anyways, let's get into this interview with Dane. It's a really great interview and we'll talk to you guys again on Friday. All right. We are excited to bring on the NFL draft analyst for the athletic. He has written uh, the draft guide, actually, for The Athletic as well, which I'm sure most of you are familiar with. He is Dane Brueger. Dane, welcome to the show, my friend. Thanks for coming on. No, I appreciate you having me on. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's let's get right into it. Obviously, uh, we're continuing with our draft focus here. Um, next week is the, is, the, uh, is the draft, which is kind of crazy. Um, well, I guess in, in two weeks, I suppose, we're, we're recording this uh, a few days before we, we release it. But... Uh, you know, with the draft approaching, Patriots have 23. Uh, what are we thinking at 23? I mean, there's not a lot of – they don't obviously have a second-round pick right now, and they have a lot of holes to fill. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of questions with, with Brady leaving. Where do you think they go at 23? What do, you think, what do you think their best value would be at 23? Obviously, the draft hasn't happened yet, but what do you, what do you think would be the best spot for them to hit at 23? Yeah, there's like you kind of set up. There's so many spots they could address. Uh, you know, on defense, on offense. Um, you know, is there any one of these quarterbacks that would intrigue them at all? Uh, you know, I think most of us think that they wouldn't go quarterback in the first. That they're they're going to give Jarrett Stidham the, the shot to to be the guy. But you know, what what happens if Tua falls out of the top ten? Would they be? Uh, tempted by that you know what are their medicals on Tua uh, would they be tempted to make a move to go get it I so the quarterback situations really uh, you know nothing would surprise me there but I think if they, if they don't go that direction uh, defense especially that front seven really stands out to me uh, and a couple guys I, I think would be a good fit uh, Marlon Davidson from Auburn 
is is really interesting. I think he I think he'd be a great fit with what Bill Belichick likes to do up front, that inside outside versatility. Uh, you know, you talk to different people in the league. Some people believe he's best as a, a jumbo defensive end. Some think that he needs to kick inside, be a three technique. Uh, it, the, just the versatility to do both is something that I think will be appealing to uh, mm-hmm. Coach Belichick and Marlon Davidson. What he did this past year as a senior: twelve and a half tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks. Uh, you know, consistently showed up on the tape, uh, and, and a guy that can disrupt the pocket in different ways. He seems to always have a plan. You know, he it will introduce different counters into his attack. Uh, he anticipates well versus the run. Uh, his effort is consistent. So, uh, you know, he's a guy that can stack shed. Uh, he can uh, uh, unlock himself from blockers and uh, be disruptive. So I think that Marlon Davidson would be an intriguing fit. And then A.J. Epinesa, um, you know, from Iowa, who, you know, was talked about as a top 20 pick, and then he had the disaster combine. And um, unfortunately for him, no pro day to try and improve upon those times. But when you watch the tape, you get I – mean, this is a good football player. And he's not your Vaughn Miller just going to scream off the edge with speed. He's more of your, uh, you know, savvy. He's going to win with powerful hands, heavy hands, uh, you know, going to stack and shed the point of attack. Uh, and create his own rush lanes to the pocket. So, uh, you know, he's just a little bit different, but I think he's a type of player that Bill Belichick would really appreciate. So I think A.J. Epinesa would be in play there as well. So those are two names to me that I think stand out as strong possibilities for the Patriots in the first round. Yeah, I, I agree with you too. And and for, for me, it's it's almost screaming that they're going to trade out, right? Because they're picking at 23, they're not picking till 87. There's a lot of teams there with – you know, two second rounders or, a, or early second, early third, that they might be able to flip that for. Uh, personally, for me, I mean, everybody would love a top five receiver uh, on their team from this year's draft. Obviously, speaking of, you know, a Judy, a Lamb, um, Rugs, Jefferson, or Mims, however you want to rank them. But um, th- there should be a guy like Justin Jefferson and Denzel Mims there at 23. And that's kind of where I wanted to, to kind of, you know, take this conversation is, if they, if there's a, you know, Justin Jefferson's there and they have the ability to go get him or Denzel Mims, would they? Or do you think a, a likely scenario for them for getting a wide receiver would be trading out and kind of getting one in the 50 range, maybe like a KJ Hamler, a T, uh, T Higgins, someone like that? Yeah, I think we can all agree that trading back seems like it would be, you know, one of the more uh, likely uh, possibilities from this spot uh, without having that second round pick with not picking until so much later in the third round, uh, trying to get those extra day two picks because they need bodies. They need uh, infuse a lot of young talent on this roster at different spots. So I I would agree. I think that would make the most sense. Uh, But, you know, they took a receiver in the first round last year, obviously with Nikhil Harry, and he's going to be, he's a little different. I I was not a Nikhil Harry guy. I mean, there, he wins in a very specific way and, you know, there's value in that. I didn't think it was worth a first-round pick, and I didn't think he was better than A.J. Brown or D.K. Metcalf or some other players that were drafted after him. Um, so I'd be interested if they did go receiver, uh, you know, would they lean towards a Justin Jefferson who was basically a slot-only player this past year? And he played outside as a sophomore, but as a junior, uh, basically a slot-only guy. Uh, but the production is just amazing, what 111 catches and what he meant to that offense and Joe Burrow. Uh, really like uh, with him just his ability to uh, finish at the stem. Uh, you know, he's a guy that can create his own separation. Uh, very competitive, not an elite, um, you know, start stop guy like a Jerry Judy, 
but he's uh, it's similar to Judy. He's a very seasoned route runner, and so I think that really helps a player like that. Um, you know, I with all the other needs on this team, I'd be surprised if they took another receiver in uh, in the first round. But it's it's an area of need on this team. Right. Yeah, no, and I mean, and they lot. spent the second rounder last year, a second rounder this year too, on Muhammad right. Sanu. I mean, obviously, who knows what his future is? He he could be a a guy they cut to create some cap room, but you know, this class is so deep. It's one of the deepest ever. And there's going to be a, an ability to get some, some, you know, quality talent there. Like you said, in the meat of the second round, third round, and that might be where they find their guy. And I think ultimately that's where they go because, you know, I think linebacker safety, even interior O line, you know, interior D line is somewhere they could go if they do intend to pick a 23, like you said. Right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that second round because I, I do think I actually like, um, I like what you were talking about um, with Davidson, but I think Davidson could probably, and now I don't know, of course, but I think he's a guy that, that might be available early in the second round. So let's just say he traded back with, uh, I don't know, Indy, who has two second round picks, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say, you know, Indy, Indy moves up, they move their first round pick, obviously, so they don't have a, they don't have one, but they have two twos. So you you give up 23, you pick up whatever two they have. I don't, I don't even know the numbers, to be honest with you, but, you know, maybe Davidson's available there. Um, a guy that, that the Patriots have been linked to is a guy like Zach Bond, um, who mm-hmm. I think could could go a long way to uh, to replacing what Kyle Van Noy brought to the team last year or the last few years, I should say. So um, what, are, what are some other guys in, the, in that second round spot that you feel like, you know, if they were to move back there that, you know, could be available for them, you know, whether it's safety with Kyle Duggar or, you know, or even Delpit if he were to fall that far um, or, you know, some guys that might fit their fit their needs if they were to move back into that second round. Yeah, and I think that would make some sense. Uh, India is 34 and 44, and if they, it's hypothetical, they, they really like Jordan Love, uh, the quarterback, and so they, they package 34 and 44 to go up to 23 uh, for the quarterback. Uh, I think that's something the Patriots would be interested in. And, you know, it's not wouldn't be the first time that Bill Belichick traded out of the first round. Uh, and, you know, I, picking up those two twos, uh, they'd be in a good spot. I, you mentioned Zach Bond, who, you know, I, and I think – uh, linebacker is a possibility that they stay at 23 as well if they went with uh, Kenneth Murray or a, a Patrick Queen. Uh, but right. Zach Bond, uh, big fan of his. And I think it, you know, as the season went on this year, I mean, I came into the year really liking what he had to offer. And then as the season went on, it just became clear that he was uh, he was a difference maker for Wisconsin. Um, now, he was more of a rusher in their 3-4 scheme. And in the NFL, he's going to be more of a stack linebacker and uh, play off the ball but you're not going to completely remove him from a pass rushing role. You're going to have him do a little bit of everything. That's, that's part of why Zach Bond is a top 40 pick and why everyone likes him so much. Uh, you know, he's a high school quarterback, goes to Wisconsin, change, moves the defense, and, you know, you watch him uh, cover a receiver on the slide. You watch him cover a running back on a wheel route. Uh, you know, you watch him, uh, you know, blitz from different angles. He can do so many different things for you. I think that would be a great fit for uh, New England if they went with Zach Bond there in the early second. And, you know, kind of like what you mentioned, Marlon Davidson, sure, he could be there in the early second. So could um, uh, A.J. Epinesa. Uh, and then you also mentioned, uh, you know, some of the safeties. It's realistic that none of the safeties could go in the first round. Um, you know, maybe maybe Xavier McKinney will sneak in there. Um, that's possible. Uh, maybe one of these other guys, Jeremy Chin, he's got a rocket ship uh, connected to his draft stock right now. He could sneak in that late first. Uh, but there is at least a possibility that no safety is off the board in the first round, and the, and the Patriots could have their choice of 
whichever one they like the most there at 34, uh, whether that is McKinney, who I think would be a good fit for them. Like, there are some questions with him in coverage, but very good run defender, smart. You know, the type of guy that Bill Belichick would really appreciate. Um, but, you know, if they Jeremy Chin or Grand Delphit or Duggar, uh, you know, whichever safety they really like, I, I think that they would have that option there. So it's that I think that would be what Bill Belichick and Nick Casario and the rest of the brain trust uh, is the Patriots. That's what they'd be looking to do. Trade out of that first, pick up, a, you know, multiple picks in the second day and really be able to improve their roster that way. Right. Now, Dane, you mentioned a quarterback, and that's obviously when Tom Brady's not your quarterback anymore. People are going to wonder what they're going to do there. And and Pat and I have been one of the few that have been driving the uh, Jarrett Stidham fan bus ever since August last year. So we're big Jarrett Stidham guys. Um, it, 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 you know, it looks like he's going to be the guy. But, um, you know, is there a quarterback out there? I know you mentioned Jordan Love. Do you, do you think they, they do address this position early, or do you think they are sold on – you know, Jared Sidham obviously bringing in Brian Hoyer, who Brady trusted with game plan, and he's great with young quarterbacks, a veteran guy who knows the system well. Um, do you think they could go quarterback early? I'm saying, you know, within the top 100 and and really bring in some competition for Stidham. And, do you, you know, maybe that's something they'll address in the later rounds and ultimately give the job to Stidham. I think it's really hard to answer that because, you know, yeah. only the Patriots know, uh, you know, the, what kind of development he's had in practice day in, day out since they drafted him, you know, in terms of how is he responding in you know, the quarterback room and watching film, um, you know, that that's those are the type of questions that really only the Patriots can answer. And so all of us on the outside, you know, I think we, we agree that the Patriots are going to give him a shot. Now, would they bring in some competition if it, there's a value is right? Uh, then that's, you know, I, I think that's certainly a possibility. It's, do any of these quarterbacks really intrigue them? Does a Jake Fromm from Georgia do anything for them? Uh, Jacob Eason from Washington. Uh, now, Jalen Hurts. Uh, it's hard to say. Uh, you know, I think the, the quarterback conversation surrounding the Patriots is one that is it's hard to answer and one that, is going to keep people really interested in the drafts because of what they could potentially do. Uh, if I had a guess what they're doing, it's just, just a guess. I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback top 100. I think that they could draft a, uh, one, of, you know, kind of like what they do with Jared Stidham, you know, wait until day three, see what kind of value they get in the fourth, fifth, sixth round with one of those develop. You know, there's a couple of these quarterbacks on day three that are interesting guys like, now, I'm a big James Morgan fan from FIU. Yeah, so they had a video chat with him, too. I, I, they they okay. seem high on him. I, I, I like him, too. I think he's, a like you said, a developmental guy. Right, exactly. I think, he, you know, and, and once we get to that day three, and there's a reason we're talking about him as a day three player, but he is – there are certain things about him. He's smart, uh, really like I think he's a tough-minded guy. He's got an NFL-quality arm. I, there's certain things about his game that you really like that you project to at least giving him a shot. Uh, another guy that I think is interesting is Jake uh, Luton from Oregon State, who I think uh, the Patriots could be interested in, uh, just kind of what he does and how it could fit, uh, you know, what they're looking to do. Um, you know, he's – I don't know that he's a high upside guy, but he's at least someone that could – you know, he'd be a good uh, – someone good to have in the quarterback room, someone that you can groom and uh, be part of your rotation uh, there as, as a backup. So I think that if if I was a betting man, I would say that you know probably more likely they address quarterback somewhere on day three just to round out the uh, and because they have so many picks too. I think what the twelve picks is that right? Right now at least. I mean, we, I think we we all know that yeah. they're going to and they whatever exactly whatever they have now they're going to have different when it's all said and done because they're going to move around yeah. a little bit at least. 
For sure. So, you yeah. know, if they, if they have double-digit picks, though, you know, I think that there's a good chance maybe one of those could be a quarterback just to, you know, bring some new life into the room, some new competition. And I think there are some quality options. Anthony Gordon from Washington State being another one uh, there on like day that. three yeah. where they don't have to invest the top 100 pick if, you know, they want to spend those those more uh, premium picks on defensive line and linebacker and secondary and, you know, getting better in some of those key spots. Right. Yeah, no, I mean, that's, I agree with you hundred percent. My, actually my number one guy uh, for them, at least, I mean, not, not that he's the number one guy on the board, obviously, but it's Jalen Hurts. I, I just love, I love his story. I love his, uh, his, the intangibles that he brings and the way that he dealt with the whole Tua thing at, you know, at Alabama, I thought was, was top notch. And obviously he put up, you know, he put up great numbers at Oklahoma as well. And so, you know, I like his game. I don't know how well he fits with the Patriots. Um, mm-hmm. but I like the fact that he's a little bit of a developmental guy that they could get. They probably gonna have to spend a top hundred pick on him. Um, right. I would think, but you know, yep. but it still, they could get him at some point in the third round. And with, you know, with three picks at the end of that third round, he could be one of those guys and I'd be okay with him, you know, at 87, 98 or a hundred, you know, whichever one of those picks. And, and, uh, but I, I like Gordon a lot too. And so I, I do think, I, I think you're right. Like they're gonna, they're gonna go after it at some point. You kind of have to like, even if it's just, even if it's a developmental guy, I mean, you look what they've done. They've drafted a guy almost every single year. And, you know, a lot of them have been late picks, but Jimmy G was a second rounder. Brissett the next year was a third rounder, you know, or I'm sorry, two years later was a third rounder. And then of course they, they spend the fourth on, um, on Stidham. And so, you know, it, it's, they've been drafting quarterbacks nonstop. They're going to continue to do the same thing because why not, you know? And so, um, even if he's a practice squad guy, I wouldn't be surprised to see them take a guy, um, a little bit later. So now another position of need, uh, probably the biggest position, position of need because they don't even have one right now, um, is, is tight end. They have nothing in terms of depth there. There's no one that, you know, you can think and step in and say, Hey, you know, at least with quarterback people think, and you know, it's like Spag said, <clears throat> him and I both feel like Stidham will be the guy this year, but there's nobody on the roster that you even look at and have any confidence that's in a tight end. So, you know, where are they going to go at tight end? Do you think there's a guy that fits for them at tight end? And do you think that, I don't think there's anyone worth it at 23. I think it's been pretty clear that there's no first round talent guys. Um, but, you know, who do you think the best tight end in the draft is? And who do you think fits the Patriots the best? Yeah, and I would agree. I don't, I'm not even sure there's going to have a tight end in the top 50 this year. Uh, you know, I think maybe... Cole Komet will sneak into the top 50, but I don't think that's a, a lock by any means. Uh, yeah. But I do like some of the talent there after, uh, you know, in the second, third, fourth round. Uh, I'm a big Adam Troutman fan. Uh, have been since the summer when I first got my first look at him. I uh, really like what he brings to the table, uh, and I still think he's getting better. I think that uh, just just talking with him, uh, I mean, you could tell how competitive he is and how that would be a great fit for uh, what the Patriots want. Um, so I think, I think Troutman, if he's around in the third round, that is a spot that would make sense. Uh, I think yeah. Matt Harrison, Bryant, I mean, I, you're right. Tight end is a, just definitely a need for this team. And I don't know that there's necessarily one guy that would be a clear deal. They, they need to go this direction. I think they've been pretty open over the years about kind of the, the tight ends that they go after. Cause they could, uh, you know, I, I I think they could double up at the position and draft maybe one guy that's more of a pass catcher yep. and draft one guy that's, 
you know, more of your blocker. And, you know, I think that it's there. I don't think the Patriots are tied to a certain type of tight end where you cross anybody off or circle someone. And it's definitely they're going after this guy. Uh, to me, I think Troutman, Cole Komet, those two guys are, uh, you know, two of the best at doing a little bit of both. And so I think either one of those two would make sense. Yeah. yeah. And obviously, it's Moss connection with Randy uh, being his father and all the legacy here and a fan favorite that isn't even on the team yet, I guess. And I was just curious what you thought of him and, you know, if, if you know, he might be able to, to be picked by New England, maybe, you know, around round four, maybe even round five, who knows? Yeah. And with, with Moss, uh, you know, I, the, I don't know if the last name is a good thing for him, or a bad thing for him. Cause you know, obviously, yeah. Cause you, I mean, obviously in that offense, right. He's really right. Good. I mean, and, I think he's really good at the line of scrimmage, especially for guys, but, it's definitely right. a work in progress there, right? I mean, I think those numbers might have been a little bit inflated with the type of offense they ran there. They were, and he's a guy that, you know, is, he's had a tough time getting on the field. Uh, you know, he, he played a little bit at NC State, then he transferred, then he redshirted, was hurt, uh, but he put it all together this past year and was productive. And so, you know, he, he he's playing his best football at the right time. And, you know, just, you know, being compared to his dad is, is going to be unfair for him. Uh, but it's just, it's inevitable wherever he goes, it's going to happen. And, you know, he's 6'2", 250, doesn't have nearly the, the athletic gifts that his dad does. But, uh, you know, if there are, there are any similarities, I think his ability to adjust to the football is really, really uh, one of his strengths to his game. Uh, just really does a nice job catching outside of his frame, maintaining that focus to finish. Didn't have any drops last year. So, you know, he's a player that he's reliable. Um, I don't think he's going to... Get, uh, be able to separate with ease. I don't think that, you know, he's not a guy that's going to overwhelm you as a run blocker. Um, and that's why I think he's, you know, more of a fourth rounder than a second rounder. But, you know, I think right. that there's value there. I think that if you don't get your tight end in the first three rounds, you know, Moss is, is not a bad player and someone that could, you know, possibly be productive in the right scheme. Yeah. Well, and I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, it, it, it reminds me of, you know, going into 2010, where they double dipped the tight end, and obviously, you know, they hit it out of the park with Gronk and and the serial killer. But you know, it's it was. I'm not. I wouldn't be surprised to see them do the same thing. They have no depth anywhere. They've done nothing the past two off seasons to even remotely take a look at what they've done there. You know, outside of bringing in 39 year old Benjamin Watson, like they haven't done anything. And so, there's got to be something coming. There's got to be someone they like. There's got to be. I I just I don't understand it. And last year. I think that they were they were caught up, um, held up on the fact that they thought Gronk was coming back. They legitimately thought he was coming back. I think they made a push it. They made a run at you know, Jared Cook, and he said no because he didn't want to be playing behind Gronk. And of course, Gronk ends up not coming back. But you know, I, I think they don't have a choice at this point. You know, you have to go out and try to get at least one of these guys. And I wouldn't be surprised if they double dip. And I think Moss is a great guy to get as the secondary guy, right? If you were to mm-hmm. get a Trotman, let's say in the third round and then somewhere in the fourth round, you go get Moss. I'd be I'd be fine with that. If they only draft one guy and it's Thad Moss, I'd be disappointed because I think you're right. Like he's just limited and he's just not as good as, as what they need right now. He's not going to make an impact this year. Really, really as a pass catcher or as a run blocker, I think he does both pretty well, but he's not exceptional in either. And so um, I'd be disappointed if he, if he was the only guy they came away with. Yeah, I think that's fair. And, yeah, it's not like Moss is a bad player. It's just he is what he is, and that's just a, a, a solid player who 
can can do some things well, but is not going to overwhelm you in, in, in any facet of his game. Um, and that's just you you can you know still win with guys like that on your roster. But if you're relying right. like on someone like that to be your tight end one, then you know I, I think you're going to be maybe disappointed, and and it's unfair to the player because that's just not who he is. Correct. Yeah. No, I agree. So, um, all right. So is there anyone else? I think we've covered really the first three rounds pretty well, or actually let's, let's look at the end of that third round there. Uh, cause we talked to obviously about a, a few different positions. Um, is there anyone else at the end of that, um, at the end of that third round that you think might be good fits? Um, oh, and I wanted to ask you, you know what? Two more tight ends I wanted to ask you about before we get into that. Um, Albert, oh, I would we'll just say, Oh, from, uh, from Missouri and, and then Devin Assisi. Uh, which I butchered that last name too, but uh, from UCLA, I was curious about your, uh, about your looks on those guys. Devin seems like a guy who can play pretty well, but is ranked low. Um, you know, and O's a guy who I've seen good things from on film too, but it, again, is ranked low as well. So I, I was just curious about your, your thoughts on those two guys. Yeah. I, I'm a fan of Aussie Aussie uh, from, from UCLA. He's, he's kind of, so the conversation's similar, kind of what we were talking about with Moss, where with Aussie Aussie, there's nothing about him that really blows you away. He's, he's pretty solid all the way around. He's just, I think, a very consistent pass catcher, a very consistent blocker. Um, you know, he's, he's not shy uh, getting involved as a blocker. Uh, as a route runner, he's nothing special in terms of his athleticism, but he can still execute quality routes and get open downfield. So um, I think somewhere in the late third, early fourth is where Aussie Aussie should be drafted, and I, I think he can be a quality player uh, at the next level. So uh, I, I think he's being underrated a little bit. Um, he's, you know, in this tight end group, you know, we talked about it, how there's no stars, no no, no, no true studs, but there's some quality there. And I think Aussie Aussie is certainly in that mix. Uh, and then Albert O, you know, he, there, he he's, a, he's a player that, you know, put himself on the NFL radar like early in his career as a redshirt freshman. He got 11 touchdowns as a, as a freshman uh, in the SEC. And but he just struggled to live up to that, um, you know, on a consistent snap in snap out basis. Uh, there's a lot to like about him. He he plays fast. I mean, the the four four nine at like the combine verified that. So he can stretch out the seam. But I, I just want to see him be a little more urgent with his route running. Uh, you know, because in order to create separation versus NFL defenders, you have to have uh, some of that quickness, some of that sync, some of that. Uh, ability of you know deception to uh, hold safeties and just the threat of him going deep is great, but you have to have a little more urgency in your routes to uh, you know get you know just a, a half second of separation that can be enough for your quarterback. So uh, want to see a little bit more from that from him. Um, so when I got done watching his tape, I I just wanted more, but I think it's there. I think he has it. It's just you know maybe if, if he goes to the right coaching staff, like you know, maybe possibly the Patriots they can get the rest out of him. So uh, I think he'd be on their radar uh, somewhere in that late third range. Okay. All right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. So the guy that he wants to talk about here is Van Jefferson. I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, Sean Jefferson, obviously his dad played mm-hmm. for the Patriots, um, you know, late third round, I think, uh, I think makes a lot of sense um, for that, for that as well. And so we did want to talk about, you know, guys in the third round. So I want you to talk about a few uh, but if you could start with Van, that would be uh, that'd be great. Yeah, Van is not going to be your dynamic yards after the catch type of guy. That's just not who he is. But as the son of a wide receiver coach, you know he was groomed very early as a route runner, and 
even going back to his old Miss days, uh, you know, they would talk about how how good he was as a freshman, as a route runner, how how advanced he was, how seasoned he was, and then that continued throughout his career, transferred to Florida and uh, led led the Gators in receiving yards as a senior. So uh, he he does a really nice job with talking about deception, talking about. Uh, his footwork, uh, understanding what corners are doing. I mean, he studies the film. You can tell he understands what corners, when they're leaning, what corners their tendencies are. He, he really kind of uh, messes with their mind with what he does. So it's not just the same moves every time. He will adjust for each and every corner. And that's the type of thing that can get him on the field pretty early. I don't think he has a very high ceiling. It's not like he's going to you know, blossom into this true number one pro bowler. But I think he's a guy that can be a instant contributor, someone that can play inside, outside, uh, and be a quality player for, for a team. And then the other uh, guy that I kind of wanted to mention for the Patriots, just I like the fit, is K.J. Hill with Ohio State. Uh, mm. you know, not the biggest, he's six foot, maybe 200 pounds, ran 4.60 in the 40. So, you know, the size, the speed doesn't, doesn't wow you. But he's just he's a very controlled route runner and does his best work from the slot. Uh, very sticky hand, uh, natural uh, adjustment skills. Well, he'll you know make the, the tough catches or the inaccurate catches or inaccurate passes, uh, turn them into catches. So there's a lot to like about him in that late third, early fourth round range. Is just a a quality pass catcher who isn't going to wow you at all, but he's just going to be productive, right. show up, do his job, get the job done. Yeah, no, I agree 100. percent Hill seems like a guy that that would be good out of the slot. Again, not that he's an Edelman guy, but but similar type of player that um, that Edelman is, or at least could turn into that type of player. And we know that the Patriots' offense, at least what we've seen of the Patriots' offense with Brady, you know, under Brady, relies on that position so much. I think KJ Hill would be a really good fit for that. So, hundred percent agree. Um, uh, I think that when we talk about a receiver at the top and how you know that's. One of the reasons why you don't go receiver in the first round is because of the quality that will be around second, third, fourth round. There will be second round receivers who don't go into the third, third round receivers who don't go into the fourth, just because of the sheer volume of talent in this group. So uh, that's just another one of those reasons why it'd be, it would be a a big surprise if the pages went wide receiver early, just because the sheer depth in this class. Yeah, no, it makes sense. Makes sense. So, uh, just some maybe some other guys that that might fall to the third or, or could be good fits for the Patriots of the third. I know I'm looking, I'm looking a lot for myself, and I'm I'm not sure about you what you know what you have for their um for their needs, but I think you know safety. I mean, like I said, there's a million holes here, but I'm worried about tackle. I'm really concerned about tackle. I don't know what the future of Marcus Cannon holds. I don't know what Yardney Kajus is going to look like this year. You know, with basically basically took a red shirt year last year. I'm not sure what he's going to look like. So I'm concerned about tackle. I'm concerned about interior offensive line really because um, I'm worried that, uh, that David Andrews may not come back fully healthy. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what, what's going to happen, you know, with, with, with Tooney, if he's going to get traded, if they're going to sign him to a long-term deal. So there's a lot of question marks there. Um, and I think on the defensive side of the ball, you're going to have to address linebacker at some point. I'm happy with, I like Juwan Bentley quite a bit. Uh, and obviously they have high towers a little bit older, but at the time, you know, I, I, I think that it makes a lot of sense, uh, to address linebacker at some point as well. And obviously safety, which we had already talked about a few guys, but, um, but maybe just, you know, obviously that's quite a few positions, but you know, just, a, just a few guys there that you think, um, would be a third round fit for the Patriots. And obviously not all those spots there, but like, 
you know, addressing one or two of those needs. And maybe if there's a need that you, that I didn't mention that you think that they have as well. Um, and a guy that might, that might fit that spot. Yeah. And I, I think that linebacker in that third round is kind of, it might be the sweet spot. Uh, if they don't go with a Murray or a queen or a bond in the first 40 picks, I, I think that linebacker in the third round would make sense because you're looking at Jordan Brooks from Texas tech, who really a rangy player. Uh, Logan Wilson from Wyoming, one of my favorite players in the draft. This is a player who was a corner in high school, uh, goes to Wyoming, uh, and is a four-year starter at linebacker. I never played the position before. Finishes with over 400 tackles, three-year team captain. Uh, you know, he's a guy that just kind of screams Patriot. So if mm-hmm. they were able to land him, I think that'd be a great value. I think he makes a ton of sense and blitz, can cover, can do a little bit of everything. So. Logan Wilson should be on the short list of guys they'd be interested in. I think Malik Harrison from Ohio State, uh, he's in that mix as well. One of the best run defenders uh, in this class, and I think he has the athletic profile to get better as a coverage guy. So a lot to like about about that group. Uh, and then on the interior offensive line, I, we're, I mean, really the entire offensive line, inside, outside. Uh, yeah. Interesting one uh, for, you know, they've had some success with some TCU guys. Lucas Niang. Uh, also from TCU, uh, you know, he's being a little underrated right now because of the hip injury that he had. So is, if the medicals are clean, and that's just, you know, every team's different, um, you know, depending on what they, what the medical staff says, what they're looking for, longevity-wise, all that stuff. If they get, uh, you know, clean feedback on Lucas Niang, then I think he'd be a tremendous fit uh, as a tackle who could probably kick inside and play some guard, uh, who's probably a top 50 top 60 type of talent who might have a little bit of a discount sticker on him because of the, the injury that he did have. Um, if they don't, they go more inside player. Then I think that, you know, there's a few guards, uh, you know, John Simpson from Clemson, I think is a third round pick. Uh, he, he's a mauler, uh, former high school champion wrestler, really smart player, uh, charismatic, a lot to like about John Simpson. Uh, and then I like uh, Hakeem Adenije from Kansas, who was a four year starter at tackle for Kansas. But he would take practice reps at center. He'd play, take practice reps at guard. I think he has versatility to play up and down uh, the offensive line, which is certainly an appealing trait for a team like the Patriots that uh, are looking for versatility. Team or guys that can uh, fill in at different spots when needed. So that uh, that might get him drafted uh, in the top top ninety, top eighty picks uh, because of that versatility. Right. Oh, they do value that, especially on the offensive line. You know, a guy that can play, that can play multiple spots. Uh, one other guy I wanted to, I wanted to ask you about, um, probably late third, I would think, um, is, uh, is cave on Wallace and Wallace is a guy that, that I like a lot. I think he fits. Um, yeah, I think he fits what the Patriots do because he plays all over the place. Um, he reminds me of, of a Patriots type player. Um, and so I was curious to see what you thought about, uh, about Wallace. And if, if you thought it would make sense of the third round, or if you think maybe, uh, he's more like a fourth round guy, I'm just curious what your thoughts were. Yeah, I, I'm not quite as high on him. I see him as more a fourth or a fifth. Uh, that's, that's when I would like to get him. Uh, but I certainly understand why, why, why you like him so much. He, he's a guy that when he patrols the field, he, he covers a lot of ground. And, uh, you know, I think one thing that I think works against him at times is, that over aggressive mentality. Uh, I, I think that'll lead to some um, some some bad angles, some false steps. But you know, sometimes it leads to making a play. Um, and so we saw that this year. He had 
uh, you know, 12 passes defended. He was a team captain. Um, okay size, not great size, about 5'11", 205. Uh, you know, not great for a safety, but, you know, good enough. Um, so I, I think he, you know, you're looking for safeties that can cover. And I think he is kind of on that short list to uh, a guy that can do that. And, you know, you'd feel comfortable with him as a last line of defense. So uh, a little over aggressive at times, and that's where he can get himself in trouble. But if he can walk that fine line, you know, he, he's going to push for starting reps. So uh, that, it's, a, it's a big if. It's, there's a question mark there for me. That's why I see him as more as a fourth or a fifth. But I wouldn't be surprised if someone looks to uh, capitalize on his strengths and take him a, maybe a little bit earlier. Mm, okay. I like that. I like that a lot. Yeah, that's um, – I think that's – that pretty much covers it for me. I don't. I don't really have anyone else. Spags, is there anyone else in particular you wanted to you wanted to chat about? Or no, I mean we touched it all. We did a lot. I, I, I like that conversation. Really I think we got on a lot of guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Uh, Dane, thank you so much. Before you leave, obviously, um, you know you write for the Athletic, and I you have a, a huge draft profile there, don't you? Um, and, and but you know, let us let everyone know where they can find you, where they can read you, and everything else. Yeah, my uh, my 2020 draft guide just dropped, and it's uh, I promise the most extensive draft guide uh, that's that's available uh, to the public. It's uh, I, I literally spend a year uh, researching and pouring uh, everything I can into it. No details too small. I did, there's over 250,000 words in there, and I, and trust me, I do not try to be wordy. I try to be as concise as possible. So um, it, it'll get. It, you know, for NFL fans, for Patriots fans, uh, you know, it, it, get your hands on it with, by uh, subscribing to The Athletic. Uh, it's the only way to get it. You, it's part of your subscription. You get it free. So I hope everyone checks it out. That's great. Yeah, thank you so much. And like we've had guys run from The Athletic on before, and we love it. It's a great, it's a great, uh, it's a great site. It's a great tool. And the one payment gets you everything. So it's not like it just gets you Boston. It gets you everything. So, uh, which is which is really nice too. So. Anyways, Dane, thank you so much for coming on. Really appreciate it. And, uh, you know, hopefully we'll be enjoying the draft, uh, enjoying the draft next week. It's going to be a little different this year, um, but still still a lot of fun, I think. so. Yeah, a little different, but still a lot of fun. So, yeah, I appreciate the conversation and having me on. Uh, uh, anytime, uh, let, let me know, all right? <laughs>